All right, I have Lisa Beretta sitting here talking to me. She wrote a book called The Street Smart Psychic. We just got through talking about Conscious Ink, psychic tattoos, the mystical art of, of body art. Uh, but you've also, you're, you're, you're I don't know if psychic is the right word, but you're definitely into the divination, the, the mystical arts. You wrote a book called The Street Smart Psychic, which is um, basically a person's guide. To, I think it's a, a guide to getting a good psychic reading. Am I, is that yes. the subtitle? Oh, nailed it. Yes. Now, I find this topic to be extraordinarily fascinating because um, as a person, well, let me, let me ask you this. Let's, let's start. Hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself here, Lisa. Okay. Um, what I thought was kind of cool is in the book, you talk about the history of psychics and your Skype name. Um, I don't know if, can I say it out loud? Sure. Oh, the whole Pythia. thing, but it's Pythia. That's okay. Um, right. it's Pythia, which is kind of cool because you talk about the importance of Pythia in the psychic world. What's also interesting about that is another person I had talking about. I keep talking about this guy, Mitch Horowitz. He's the occultist uh, extraordinaire for um, like research. He had a friend named Pythia that he talks about oh, wow. in one of the episodes. Uh, so this all kind of when I saw that name, I was like, "Oh, this is so crazy!" What was the importance of Pythia? Pythia would um, sit on, uh, I believe it was Mount Olympus, and she would hold a bowl with laurel leaves. And she would burn them. And at the time, only people that were very important or political leaders could approach the Pythia, who basically was their psychic. It was their personal connection to the psychic line. And they would ask the Pythia certain questions, and then she would reveal, you know, what the outcome would be or else advise them what they should do. And then what happened, the Pythia uh, became... uh, you know, the seers, and they were also, you know, popular in Roman culture. And I I believe they they call them sibyls in the Roman culture. But if if you look through, I mean, even people that are religious, the Bible is full of prophets and seers, you know, and dreamers. But what happened is, you know, once again, it's that gives people a lot of power. So the thing is, we have to condemn that and say it's bad. And it's against your free will to go to people for, for any type of information. So what happened, uh, you know, before, if you wanted to go get a psychic reading, I know when I was growing up, I had to look in the, the personal section of the paper and find somebody who, who did it and go to their house and have a reading. And then I believe it was probably in the late 1980s, there was the advent of the 900 number, where now you could just pick up your phone and connect with a psychic. And now it became very, now if you go on YouTube, there's psychics. If you go on Facebook, there's psychics. And the thing is, we're all really psychic. But the thing is, we were never really taught how to use our senses that are beyond our physical senses. So we rely on somebody else to help us either, you know, jar something in us. Because you already have the answer. The answer is already within you. All the psychic is doing is helping you pull that out and get your direction And that's really important. When I wrote The Street Smart Psychic's Guide to Getting a Good Reading, I'm basically telling people it's not about being codependent and having somebody take over and become your brain or your conscience. It's about taking whatever information comes through during a reading and sitting with that information and feel if it's right for you. And it's about helping you find your direction so you don't have to be codependent on someone and and always call over every little thing that happens. And that's what I try to tell my clients. And I think they're all pretty good because I know how I work. It's, we're not going to do the, the, the readings about what day is he going to call and what time is he going to call. 
And that's not what it's about. <laughs> you, know? Uh, it, it, you know, he's going to call eventually. Just don't keep blowing his phone up with text messages and he'll call. That's common sense. It, it's more about like, what is your connection with this person? And I just don't work with the tarot cards. I usually have somebody's astrology chart. And I look at the whole thing. And then there's an element to a session with me where I'm just connecting in with their energy. And I tell them, let's just see what comes up because you may be looking for a certain thing, but something else may come up that you're not expecting that's actually going to bring you to where you have to be. So it's about finding the right intuitive for you and working with that person. They're like hairdressers. They're like doctors or dentists. You know, you're not, somebody might say, oh, I went to that psychic and they were great. And then you go to them and they're like, they weren't so good. That's happened to me. You know, where I went to somebody, somebody said they were good. And uh, it's about finding somebody who clicks in with your energy and you start to entrain with that energy. And it's amazing that you can really come up with certain things. I mean, I surprise myself sometimes when I tell people something. It's like, me too. That they're I like, surprise myself you know too. that, but forget it. Like, for and it's funny, you can't really read yourself. I, I right. guess it's like a doctor can't operate on themselves. It's forget it. When I look at my own chart, everything's bad. When I pull my own cards, nothing makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, you, I have to go to someone for my own readings. But when you approach that, Without, you know, the idea of just like, oh, let's just do it because it looks like it would be a fun thing to do. When you go with the right intention and the right mindset, you're really going to get a lot out of it. You know, I mean, I've been going to readers since I was 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I used to go to them. I was fascinated. And yeah. I, I, I was fascinated with my Zodiac sign. I think when I was in second grade, I was the only kid who knew what their sign was. I would ask the other kids, what's your sign? And they look <laughs> and they stare, you know. Uh. But yeah. I knew what I was, and it's just something I always had a fascination with. I, I've looked into everything. I mean, I went through my classic teenage Wicca phase, you know. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> so, you know. Dark uh, eyeliner and the pentagrams. Oh, the, yeah. When you're, yeah. you're into Wicca, you know, the, the early years, you know, after high school and into art school, that was the big thing, Wicca. And then you find out, like, you know, you need to have respect for certain herbs and certain candles because things do have a way of boomeranging back to you. So it's like, don't play with certain things. You know, I've met a lot of interesting people. I've, I've, I've met bona fide witches, and everybody thinks, "Oh, witches are bad. They're black magic." No, that's a whole different thing. Witches mean Wicca. It's working with the earth elements. They work a lot with herbs. They work a lot with nature. You know, I got quite an education from there. Then I met up with astrologers, and I learned my astrology. But getting back to the reading, it's when you approach anything that has ancient roots, as well as you know readings, respectfully, you're going to really get what it's supposed to be, you know, because I'm not knocking the millions of psychic lines there are, but I often wonder, you know, are these people that are just doing it because they want to stay home and make a couple dollars or do they really understand? It's a responsibility when you give somebody a reading. It's a big responsibility because they're allowing you into their energy and they're relying on you to give them direction, the same as if you go to a doctor, you know, are they just going to say, here, the pharmaceutical company gave you samples of this, take it, and if you have side effects, and I'll send you to another specialist, or are you going to go to a doctor that's really going to spend time with you and find out, like, you know, what you really need, or, you know, what can help you get better? The same thing with your psychics, interview them, um, see how they feel. If they, if you're not clicking in with somebody, then it's, it's not the right reader for you. And when you approach it with not just for fun and games, but because 
you really do need some guidance, it's very helpful. Uh, nine out of 10 people say, oh, that's all nonsense. And, you know, I don't even like to tell people what I do. If I go out, like, what do you do? It's like, um, um, uh, an astrologer. Cause I think if I say an astrologer, they don't get knocked as much. But if I say tarot card reader, intuitive mm-hmm. guidance, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Reiki practitioner. You just say author. You've written a yeah, lot of books. Yeah, author. That, that helps. And it's like, <laughs> what did you write up books about the metaphysical right. world? They're like, yeah. you're what? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's so it, it's more popular now, I think, than it ever was before because it's not that you have to go down uh, an alleyway into the back door of some lady who's reading in her basement like I used to do. And By the mm. way, they were really very good readers. You I, know? I imagine so. And my, my introduction into getting, you know, tarot readings was unbelievable. I wish that type of reader was still around. <laughs> was it like, you know? what do you mean like crystal ball gypsy type or what was it like in a dark oh, room no, smoke? I, or was... they, they were, um, one was this woman, she's probably been dead now at least 25 years, this woman Hazel, who yeah. basically laid my whole life out in front of me and things that she said at the time, I'm just listening. But then as the years went by, you know, people get a reading, they expect it to happen the next day. But as the years went on, I could, the things that she said, it's like, wow. You know, and I took my little cryptic notes back then. And yes, I went to the readers that were the gypsy readers, which when in the, when I was writing The Street Smart Psychic, I was told, don't give gypsies such a bad light. They're the Romney people. And, you know, it's like, OK. So when I use the term gypsy, I'm not talking about a race of people. I'm talking about the readers that you go to and they're like, you know, there's nothing but bad luck on you and people are jealous of you. But if you give me a hundred dollars, we're going to light the special candle of the mountain, which actually I had a couple of them try to do that to me. And it's like one actually told me uh, an old woman when I was about 16 to bring her a few boxes of spaghetti, number nine spaghetti, a jar of tomato sauce. Specific and request. So she was probably right. hungry and needed the money. <laughs> and I did it, wow. but I was scared of her, you know, but yeah. then as, as, uh, you start to talk to people who do this professionally. You understand that, wow, you're working within the dimensions. And as I learned in Reiki, we just choose to live in the third dimension. The other dimensions are accessible to us, but we choose not to experience them. We do sometimes in our dream state, and we think we just had a dream, but there's usually a message in there. you know. So when you start to deal with things that connect into the other realms, always respectfully do it. Always. Because you are opening up a Pandora's box. And, and a lot of people don't want to get readings because they're, a lot of new clients will say, you're not going to tell me about sickness or death, are you? It's like, no, we're not going to go there. You know, it's nobody in every, the bottom line is everybody's going to die at some point. You know, so we're not even just going to address it because we know it's going to happen down the road. So that's already been predicted. You know, and uh, you have to be careful. Like you may pick up something medically with people, but there's that fine line. Because everybody's so litigious nowadays, like, do you tell them or do you not tell them? And this is where you have to be really, really, you have to be careful with your client because then you have to understand, can some people handle this? And some things you may pick up, and I know myself, I've picked up things and it's like, I want to go there. But then something outside me would be like, be discerning. Don't tell them that this relationship is bad for them because there's a lesson and there's a bridge they have to cross, and they're never going to understand or cross that bridge unless they go through that relationship. So basically, kind of hold their hand while they go through it. And when it's over, don't make them feel worse than they already do, but show them that 
there was a reason and a better reason for it to happen. So your reader has to be very discerning. You need the right person. You have to be very responsible, you know, with this. And I was on a show a few years ago where somebody was a psychic basher and he said, oh, you're all nonsense and you all lie and you all take money. And he was, he was tough. And I said, well, I can understand why you feel that way because the, basically the profession has gotten a bad rap over the years. It's just been very commercial. I said, but I have to tell you in all honesty, I have been to lawyers who took my money and did nothing. I have been to doctors who gave me the wrong information. I have bought cars that broke down two months after you buy them. I said, so with anything that you're dealing with, you know, it's only going to be as good as the person you're dealing with. So always, always be careful when, when you deal with this stuff, especially the psychic world, because the people that work in it usually are very much involved in other aspects of it. And it's not black magic, but I mean, they're, they have a certain awareness of energy and yeah, you're, you're dealing with somebody who's opening up a new world to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think there's, you mentioned a lot of things uh, in that explanation that I just want to talk about because there's a lot of synchronicity here. First of all, uh, I just pulled out an old folder last week and inside, and I'm not kidding you, was a psychic pamphlet. I'll put a picture of this online. Um, I don't remember who it was from. I don't remember why I have it. It's a $10 special, and I still have the pamphlet. I just thought that was very strange. Um, We'll get back to that in a second. But, you know, it's also funny because you mentioned psychic phone lines, and I talked to, not to do shameless plugs here, but people are interested in that. Um, I did an interview with a woman named Arjena, who was one of the first people who did psychic phone lines, which I thought that was really cool. And Medical Intuitive, the first person I interviewed on this show, was a Medical Intuitive. Uh, Although he never did that for me, I always found that that concept was very fascinating. Um, Now, a couple things I want to talk about. As far as astrology goes, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a second. Because astrology, personally, and I don't know why this is the case, I've always found it to be pretty accurate for me um, and a very interesting way to kind of look at the world. However... The scientific side of me knows full well that this was a system that was developed thousands of years ago, and based on the Earth's movement, precession, the stars uh, that were in the zodiac are no longer there. So I mentioned I was a Gemini. Well, I wasn't, I'm not really a Gemini because the sun wasn't in the constellation Gemini when I was born. If I was born thousands of years ago, that would be true. Um, so has astrology ever addressed that aspect of it? Well, there's different aspects of astrology. There's the, the Vedic astrology, which they they use a, a different way. Like in the Vedic astrology, I think I'm an Aquarius instead of a Pisces because they look at the procession of the planets differently. You know, Western astrology, we're, we're just looking at, like when you go by sun sign astrology, that's one thing. You know, where was the sun? But when I do astrology, I kind of incorporate some of the ancient aspects. I like to look at the fixed stars because there are certain fixed stars which really don't move that fast. You know, right, right. Like they were there and they're still there. Maybe they move minimally. They impart a whole different temperament onto a person too. Also, your rising sign, the time of day you're born, the place where you were born. You know, uh, the planets are they in dignity in your chart? What what planet you know are you working with the most? I mentioned earlier, I find astrology interesting. But what, what I found kind of weird, but I do understand in the book, is you kind of really go out on a limb and defend a lot of people who are in the divination psychic world. 
And I got to tell you, in my experience, here, here's my thoughts on the process. I think if you are – everyone – you know, you mentioned everyone has psychic ability. That's – you know, I, I can buy into that, you know, tapping into this thing, the interconnectivity that we talked about in the previous right. interview. And I believe that that's an ability. I believe some people have it at a 1 out of 10 or maybe a 2 out of 10. And they sell themselves, like they have that ability, as an 8 out of 10. I've gone to people, I've listened to people who are incredibly accurate, and it's actually very disarming. I mean, it's actually extraordinarily disarming when someone can really accurately get a read on me without telling them anything. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's actually not a feeling I particularly like. I will, I will. Yeah, you feel very exposed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it at all. Um, but I know that there, that I've seen people who are incredibly accurate, which tells me that there's something to it or I'm totally being tricked, but let's just say that there's something to it. What I don't like, and I have gone to people like this who will basically sell you a bill of goods that I, I'm pretty sure that they have zero to limited psychic ability. Right. Um, and it's these people that I don't like you defending because I feel like there are a lot of scammers out there and and I and I want the purpose of your book to be avoiding those people and I think you kind of do that um but but I, I was I was surprised you defended people so much well how, how come well I guess because I do this I know I've taken a, a lot of shots at what I do where I'm kind of lumped in to you know the fringe society who's quackery and we believe in all kinds of weird stuff but you can't judge everybody because there are a few people that want to just very over-commercialize it, make money, and basically scam you. Because I know a lot of people who have the ability, who are legitimately gifted. And like I said, we all are. As a matter of fact, every physical sense, the higher octave of your physical sense is a psychic sense. Like the root chakra, for example, that rules your psychic sense of smell. That's how come some psychic mediums may go into a room and they say, I smell a certain aftershave or I smell something cooking and they can pick it up because they know how to be open to it. And if we went to school in health class, instead of just telling us about our physical anatomy, we took it. Now we're going to teach you about how to use your other extra sensory senses. People would be more aware, more open and know how to use them themselves. And they wouldn't really have to go to psychics. You know, it's the same thing with the. A lot of holistic doctors get slammed for being quacks and, you know, vitamins and nutrition. It doesn't do anything. Take the pill. It'll make you better. But when you, when you look at it, it's like, no, they know what, it, what it's really about. It's not about taking a pill that's just going to mask your symptoms until you get some type of reaction to the pill. And now you have to go to another doctor for something else. So it's about finding what's right for you. Some people aren't open to having a reading and they're, they're the people that are usually difficult to read because they're guarded and they have this energy wall where they're not letting anybody in. So no matter what you tell them, they're going to say, no, 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 no. They're not going to listen. And they're difficult because the thing is you can't go up to somebody and say, let me give you a reading. They have to come to you because if you don't walk through anybody's door that's not willingly open for you. And when you do get a reading, you're opening a door. And as we know, when you go through a door, you're going into a different room. So you're, you're allowing them into your energy field. And you have to be careful because some people are very easily suggestive and you may tell them something that they take the wrong way. So I'm, I'm defending the psychics and the readers and the people and astrologers who understand there's a responsibility that goes with working with these different modalities for people. And basically, they're all healing. It comes under the term of healing. 
Because when you help somebody understand themselves and have a better understanding of what's going on, then, you know, you're, you're healing them, you're helping them. But what we do in Western medicine, we're going to send them to a shrink, you know, and they're just going to blame everything on your mother or your childhood or because you were the middle child and then give you some type of an antidepressant, which is just going to make you sleep through life. So, were you a middle child? <laughs> I no, I'm, a, I'm a baby. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. The last <laughs> one's supposed to be the worst one. But in even in the ancient Greeks, you could not be a doctor unless uh-huh. you were also an astrologer because you had to know what ruled the different humors of the body, the different right, fluids in right. the body. So they worked with everything together, and we're back to that metacriosum where there's an interconnectedness to everything. You know, well, some people read their horoscopes in their inbox like, oh, I read my horoscope and they said it's a bad day. And is it going to be a bad day? I need a reading. It's like, chill out, man. We're looking at just basic somebody. The sun is here, whatever. We need your chart to see where you are, you know, like what's going to happen for you? You know, it's different. Well, so so how do people avoid the scammers? I mean, that's really quintessentially what I'm asking. And I think that's what people who really want a good reading are looking for. How do you avoid the people that, you know, besides them asking for spaghetti and spaghetti sauce and a couple bucks, yeah. how do people really avoid the, the scammers? And I think, unfortunately, I think there are lots out there. There are a lot. Like I said, in every profession, too. I mean, I had dealings with a lawyer who was going to do wonders for me, and he just wanted more money, more money, more money, and, like, nothing happened. And, you know, I know people that have gone to doctors and, like, well, we'll run more tests, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. Yeah, I no, think you need to profession. like sign yourself, like educate yourself, you know, like if you're going to get a, a tarot reading or if you're going to get an astrology reading, do yourself a favor. I mean, you can Google anything nowadays, like put like, what is the history of this? What is, what, what is it really meant for, you know, and kind of educate yourself and know like, okay, this is going to do that. So if I approach it this way, knowing what to expect, I'm going to get more out of it. That's with anything. People go on vacation and they Google the place they're going to go and where they're going to go and what they're going to do and what they're going to see. And they'll have a maybe a better experience than somebody who just goes and sits there and doesn't know what to do with themselves. Well, no, so hold on a second. About, because the, the assumption you're making with that explanation is that the person they're going to is just, or, or the person they're, try, they're just trying to get a good reading from an accurate psychic. Forget that. Let's say the assumption is the person is a scammer, they're not good. Um, how do people target, how do people know that the person that they're going to probably isn't that good? So let's start with the assumption that, that there are scammers out there. And how can people avoid them? Uh, not, not how can they have a good reading with a good psychic? Okay. How can you avoid the scammer? Okay. Uh, well, my own personal experience with, with the scammers, if this helps anyone, is usually they'll, when I was young when I did this, so I kind of fell for it. They'll come up with one or two things that could generally kind of, you know, be for anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh, they were Money, right about travel, that, and they were right whatever. about that, mm-hmm. you know. Or they'll come out with, oh, you have a problem. Well, yeah, the reason I'm here is because I have a problem, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they start to ask you a lot of questions, almost as if you're being interviewed, and you wind up telling them. Now the answer is always in the question. You know, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. what they'll do is they're slick. They'll pick out certain keywords and they'll start to elaborate on that and they'll build upon it and build upon it. And, you know, you're very suggestive when you're listening. So what happens is, in a sense, you may start to co-create what they're building upon, too, you know, and you think they're great. And if you find that you, uh, you know, they leave you with a hook. That's also a telltale sign. At the very end, it's like, oh, 
time's up. It's a shame. I had a few more cards here. and uh, Like a gonna, TV show, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. And geez, you really got to know this, but time is up. But if you want to schedule another appointment, let me get my appointment book out. Let me see how I could fit you in, you know? Uh-huh. Um, the people I know that legitimately do it, it's funny when you get us all together. People think, you know, we're these mystical people that don't have problems. You should hear some of our bitch sessions. You know, everybody's yeah. quitting. I'm never going to do it again. Everybody uh, always has that one customer that makes you just want to put your head in the freezer. You know? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, like, we have our shop talk, too, about yeah. certain types of clients. So, <laughs> and yeah, as a matter yeah, of fact, yeah. I think in the Street Smart Psychic, which it's not in print now because I'm thinking of doing a revision of it. So, if it's okay. out there, grab it. Uh, and I also have a few copies here. If somebody can't find it, they email me. I have copies here. Um, but uh, the, the thing is, it, it's uh, you got to watch the scammers. You know, you and and, chat, and I do believe it's uh, maybe chapter three in the Street Smart Psychic. I write about the typical types of clients. And I remember I was writing the book. They said, you're making them all kind of bad. You got to add some good ones in there, you know, because like, don't don't drink and dial. In other words, when you're sitting there and you're having a couple of vodka tonics, don't think I need a reading and then call a reader, you know, uh-huh. or, and, and then I put the good people, the people that approach it to, you know, but if you read that chapter, you'll see, get an inside view of what we go through on our end. It's not always like, yeah, let's grab their money. You know, it's, everybody's quitting once a week. The psychics, I know everybody's never going to do it again. They're going to take their phone. They're going to chop it up. They're going to get an unlisted number and then we're okay. We, you know, we rebalance ourselves. So, you know, we, we have our aggravation that goes along with it also. But the, the ones that are scammers, they don't care, you know. They don't care if you're nuts. Just call up. Keep calling, you know. Well, you make an interesting point in the book, and I had a similar experience. I remember once when I was in Boston, I went with – there was a, a psychic place that was open. I went with a couple of friends of mine, and I went down there, and I, I just got a bad feeling about the place, first of all. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the person – she was tired. I think she was sick. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back. And she's like, no, 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 and like kind of forced the reading. Um, it was the, pro- the worst reading that I've ever had. And so, you know, it's it's kind of along those lines. And I think you mentioned one where you called a lot of psychic line. You're looking for someone and they kind of pushed someone onto you. You ended up, you know, the psychic that wasn't very accurate or they were new or whatever. And in both of those cases, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's like with, with any business, it's kind of like if they're pushing something on you, if they're upselling you. Um, you know, if you're, if you're not comfortable with the situation, that is really indicative of any kind of scam. And I think it's easier for people to get scammed in this world because a people want to believe it because you're giving them something they can't get anywhere else. No one else can claim to predict the future. Right. Um, and, and I think that you're giving them that kind of sense, even if, even if they believe that you can see the future, if you're really just telling them about themselves and how they're going to go through life in general sense. But I think that that's really important. And I think being accurate is important. You know, you mentioned in the book and you've mentioned several times that, oh, you know, it, you know other businesses are like this and like that. And it's like, yes, but, a, a, you know, a psychic's job is to be important. And, you know, I played basketball in high school. Have I declared myself eligible for the NBA draft? No, because I'm not good enough. I couldn't go and play basketball professionally. Some people shouldn't be reading professionally. Uh, and I think you start to, as people start to be less accurate, sometimes they blame it on not connecting with you, which I can understand. But a lot of times they just aren't that good. And so I think these are some of the, the telltale signs to avoid it in order, because I think that's the first step is avoiding 
avoiding the bad psychics. And then once you find someone who's good or that you, you kind of connect with, having a good psychic reading is the second part of that. Um, and I think you out, you lay that out incredibly well. And as you mentioned, the book is really more like a background kind of look. You know, it's like you looking out at the client world and discussing right. it. Um, whereas most of the people reading the book are on the other side of that counter. Even when I do a reading for somebody, especially astrology, astrology is not about so much about prediction. That's where people see it as like a prophecy. It's not, it's about potential and possibilities, you know, and like right now, the planet Uranus has moved into Taurus. Well, if you Google that, everybody's going to say that's upheaval. Uranus, you know, changes the game board, messes everything up. Your life is going to be a shambles. It's like, well, sometimes things have to come apart so you can build a better mousetrap. It's about potential and possibilities. It's the potential and the possibility to cause a disruption. But also, it's also the hidden opportunity to do something different, be authentic. So you, it's how you present it. It's how you deal with your client. And a lot of these astrology organizations actually have seminars and have you know meetings about how to really be effective with your client. Because a lot of people who work in this profession, whether they're Reiki practitioners, astrologers, card readers, they do get something what we call the wounded healer where you hear so many problems and everything that you start to absorb this and your own energy field takes a hit. And you have to know when you hit that level of your, you have burnout. So you know that like, hey, you know what? I need a few days where I'm not talking to any clients so I can pretty much get my energy back up so I can be effective with them. And yes, we all have off days. Like look at Magic Johnson. I mean, like you could say he's a fantastic basketball player and great, but does he get a basket every time? No. Well, does that mean he's not any good? Not necessarily. It just means like he, you know, for the most part is good at what he does. But yes, he there's always that one day where he's not as good as he usually is. Then the same thing with psychics. They're not always 100%. They may have an off day. They may have a personal problem. They could be burned out. So it's the responsibility of the reader to know when they feel that way, like to chill. You don't have to take a client that day, you know, or if you have a, a certain client that is exceptionally draining where all the psychs I know usually have that one or two that can do that, you know, when to tell them, like, you don't need another reading, let things unfold, you're becoming over anxious. We have to be responsible with it because it is a gift. And if you're not responsible with it, you're going to get lumped into the group that, yeah, we're just out there. Give us your money. We don't care if it doesn't work out. We're going to blame it on you doing something wrong. You know, so you have to be professional. If you want to be treated like a professional, you have to behave as a professional. Otherwise, you're just going to be taking as like a carny act. Sure. <laughs> now, I and I will say the, the comparison with Magic Johnson only works if the psychic has proven themselves to be as accurate and as consistent as Magic Johnson was. And exactly. he certainly was. <laughs> I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, so, so, so I do understand that. Uh, but this is, you know, this has been an incredible conversation because I think it really hits on something that, you know, in my opinion, is what gives this type, this, this, um, this uh, occupation a bad name is it the people who are kind of soiling the name because it is yeah. very easy to scam and it is very easy to make money at it. And in a place like L.A. where I live, as I mentioned, I just found a flyer for $10 readings. These are all over the place, you know. Oh, wow. And, and, and I, I really think that 
uh, you know, that's that's really I think it, sussing it out and getting a good reading is very important. And you know, being a street smart psychic is is part of that. Go out and buy this book. Get an, an insider, a backstage kind of look. And I think you know, part of it is knowing what a scam is, and the other part is knowing how to get a good reading. And I think the combination of those two skills will really enhance someone's experience. Um, Lisa, th- you, you're the expert in this. I want to thank you so much for taking so much time out to talk to me today. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night.